Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. Our passage today comes from Matthew 6, 19-24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. In this passage, Jesus is bringing attention to the prudence of acquiring treasures here on earth. He is trying to teach his disciples the proper sense of value and priority as Christians. If we are Christians, we are called to distinct kingdom values. However, it is challenging when we live in a consumer-based society that esteems vanity. We are part of a culture that highly values materialism, possessions, and riches. We believe the things that we own, wear, carry, and display define our identity and self-worth. We are in constant competition with others to see how much we can acquire. Since we are part of a world that lives with these ideals, it is no surprise that we all have some form of a treasure. Treasures are anything that my heart tells me I can't live without. It is something that I value above all else. Treasures are things that draws out the joy and beauty of my heart. They are the things that I will work tirelessly to achieve. In verse 21, Jesus says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. A scholar said Jesus reveals to us that the place we choose for our treasure tells something about ourselves. Oftentimes, we don't realize how close we hold these treasures to our hearts until it is lost. For the longest time, I believed that I was a very simple person. I didn't think of myself as someone that was greedy or overly materialistic. However, during a trip to Leon, Nicaragua in 2017, I was forced to reevaluate the treasures of my heart. Immediately after the team landed in Nicaragua, we made a pit stop to eat lunch. While we were eating, unknowingly, our van was broken into. After our lunch, we discovered that a lot of our personal belongings were robbed, including my bag, which had my laptop inside. An immediate rush of denial and anger came over me. I began to lament to God, God, I came all the way here to participate in missionary work. You can already hear my self-righteous undertone. I felt like someone punched me in my stomach. I felt attacked, violated, and defeated. I remember that evening trying to find solace in scripture. Ironically, they stole my Bible as well, but thank God for Bible apps. I came across Psalm 27, and in verse 4 it says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to see Him in His temple. This passage reminded me that there was a treasure that the world would never be able to take from me, the joy of my salvation and God's deep love for me. His love for me is something that no force here on earth can ever rob me of. Through this passage in Matthew 6, Jesus is showing the futility of trying to acquire earthly treasures here in this life. 
He is reminding his disciples that our earthly treasures can come under threat. Possessions can deteriorate and devalue. Money can be stolen. Fame can diminish. And vanity will flee. As the teacher in Ecclesiastes 1-2 will say, Meaningless. Meaningless. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. No matter how many times we try to immortalize ourselves and preserve remnants of the glory days, everything under the sun will fade. To this, Jesus offers a counterintuitive approach to store up yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus is calling for his people to deposit their energy, time, and resources into something that might not be fully tangible here on earth. He is bringing a new direction and revelation to where our hearts can be attentive to. He gives two examples on how this works. With his illustration on the eyes, he is demonstrating the spiritual meaning of vision in contradiction to the physical meaning. A healthy eye or a good eye brings clarity and light to the body or soul. The eyes illuminate our hearts to see Jesus clearly, therefore helping us to recognize when our values are misaligned with those of the kingdom of God. They help us to realize how heavily our hearts are attached to worldly treasures and how these treasures dictate our course of life. An unhealthy eye brings darkness and divisiveness to our hearts. The result, a lack of vision, causes us to neglect the avarice and greed that consumes our hearts. It's easy to recognize the selfishness and greed of others when it comes to consumerism. We believe that we are lacking because we look to those that have more. It's rare for us to recognize our excess when there are people who live more lavishly than us. An unhealthy eye also creates spiritual blindness in regards to our sins. We begin to neglect how deeply we love these treasures in comparison to God. The second example that Jesus presents is the relationship between a slave and their master. When we are drawn into the culture of wealth, materialism, and self-prosperity, we become devoted to the mission of acquiring our treasures in this lifetime. We become willing to sacrifice anything or anyone to make sure we obtain our treasure. We will eventually begin to recognize that our treasure has become our God. When our money, materialism, and prosperity become our God, we become controlled by these things. We define our success by our wealth. Our significance comes when we have enough. Our happiness is purchased. Our security and peace is found in our finances. Our social status is defined by how prosperous we become. Unfortunately, money, materialism, and prosperity are merciless gods. The happiness we find in these are a cheap and temporary thrill. Our success is fickle and always under threat. We live in constant anxiety because we are afraid we will lose what we have gathered. And ultimately, we live our lives to simply preserve what we have gained. In the end, when our treasures become our master... We despise the good master that truly is the life giver. We begin to grow a disdain for Jesus because he will constantly remind us that we are not made for this life alone. He will teach us and show us that the world and all of its wonder will one day fade away. He will constantly prove that false gods will only leave us spiritually bankrupt and empty. He will reveal to us the lack of joy that is found in things that are the imitations of his divine love. Lastly, for those of us that truly claim money or treasures to be our master, we will reject the one that threw away all of his glory and wealth to come in human likeness and consider it utter foolishness. 
Jesus traded all of his safe-kept treasures in heaven to come to this earth to be despised, rejected, persecuted, and crucified. Because he emptied himself of all of his power and glory on that cross, we were able to inherit the greatest treasure we can ever discover. The treasure that cost the Father his one and only Son. The treasure that in Matthew 13, 44, when a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. That can be given unto us. It is a treasure of untainted grace, the love of a heavenly Father, and the security of salvation. In the cross, we see the extreme generosity of a God that did not spare any expense for the redemption of those who were in spiritual poverty. Once we recognize that our true treasure is secure in the work of Jesus, His generosity lends us to be generous to others. Avarice and greed doesn't control us anymore, but we are motivated to live a life of sacrifice and generosity. Our selfish hearts now lean outwardly to those who are in need. Our eyes begin to become open to those who aren't as fortunate as us. We begin to store our treasures in the work of the kingdom rather than living our lives to create a palace here on earth. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.